each one has their own season for when they work. We, we got some roses that bloom at a certain season, then they drop, then they come back again, Amen. and drop and come back again. We, we've had um, those flowers that bloom in April, they're gorgeous, but they only bloom in April. They, the, the greenery looks good, but the blooms are amazing in April. That's something about the nature right. of that plant. Mm -hmm. I, I was looking at some reports about the, the dog that had been a companion to um, President uh, George Bush that recently passed. And that, that dog's nature is to provide comfort and encouragement. And, and so they have changed. He's no longer with the president. But he's at Walter Reed, and he goes through, and I believe they said he engages several thousand people a month, just providing them comfort. It's in his nature. He's been trained to be a comfort provider. Then we've got folk who it is in their nature to keep mess going. We, we have folk who's in their nature to, to give up. When a little bit of adversity, I, I told you the last two weeks, uh, I, I've learned that, that some of us have a runner's nature. When it gets hard, we get in the wind. And, and no matter what you do, it's hard to cause a runner to stop running. Our nature right. is what's in our basic constitution. The Oxford English Dictionary says it's the innate or essential qualities or character of a person or an animal. Um, some of us have a nature that says, I don't care how good the advice is, I don't take advice. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, it's just in our nature. I know more than you do. And you can Tell me till the cows come home. That's right. I'm going with what I think, even if what I think is contrary to what God says. That's my just God. my nature. Amen. Amen. And you know, some folk have these romantic natures. And you've got to watch it because sometimes they don't pay attention. They just see one way. And it's nothing wrong with having a romantic nature as long as you have an awareness about you so that you are not exploited or taken advantage of. How many folk are feeling me this morning? Amen. Uh, as I was praying about the reward of a new nature, I read a, a quote from Dr. Billy Graham. And I want you to hear this because I believe it's going to match up with what we're going to talk about with uh, Caleb today mm -hmm. and his new nature. Yeah. Dr. Brown said, comfort and prosperity have never enriched the world as much as adversity has. Did y'all hear that? Comfort and prosperity has never enriched the world as much as adversity has. And we've been talking about this brother by the name of Caleb. And we've been talking about, we, we looked, went back and we looked at Numbers 13 and 14. We saw Moses called uh, out 
uh, one member from each of the 12 tribes and told them, look, we're, we're getting near to the land that God has promised us. And what I want you to do is I want a spot from each of the 12 tribes to go into the land. Check it out. See what it's like. What's there? What awaits us? God made a promise that this is going to be our home. Let's just get a report and see what's there. What, what are we going to have to do? Are we going to have to fight to get in? Are all the resources we need already available there? In other words, he, he told these 12 men, go in That's right. and bring back a report and even bring back evidence of what you find. And I shared with you last week that the proof that they found under was so amazing, so big, that they had to hang the fruit on a pole and it took two men with a pole on their shoulder carrying the fruit between them. That's what they brought back. They found that that land was more than ready for what God had promised them. Amen. So I'm going to pick up from there. And I'm going to read these verses to you from Numbers chapter 14 and verse 24. Just listen to this for a moment. This is Caleb. He said, but because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, uh, he, he's not a uh, when I feel like it kind of guy. He's not uh, the kind of guy that says, well, I'm not sure what God is up to. I'm going to try to hang with him, but I'm not going to give him everything I've got. He said, because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. Now, I believe I, I shared with you last week that in our families, there are, are, are characteristics, natures, if you will. Some families are built that no matter what, they work together, they fight together, they struggle together, they never quit. Yeah. They, they, they just understand we're family, and we're going to win or lose fighting together as a family. Uh, they, they encourage one another. They provide strength for one another. But then you also have families that are used to turning one another down. That they don't know how to build up. They don't know how to strengthen. They do not know how to encourage. Uh, and, and most of the time, what you would discover is that even though they're going through that, it didn't start there. It just kept coming down through the generation. And so you do what you know how to do. Listen to the Living Bible for Numbers 14, because I'm going to tell you what we got from it. But my servant Caleb is a different kind of man. I don't know about y'all, but I want God to say that about me. I want him to say Thomas is a different kind of man. He's not like the other men. Uh, he obeyed me fully. Now, he can't say that about me all the time. 
But I guarantee you, that's my goal. That's what I strive for. That's what I work for. How many folk are in that place? And here's the benefit. And I, I want you all to catch this. It says, I will bring him into the land he entered as a spy. Mm -hmm. And his descendants mm -hmm. shall have their full share in it. Did y'all catch that? Yes. So, he said in one translation he had a different spirit. In another translation, he's a different kind of man. But God is simply saying, I love me some Caleb. Yes. I love the heart of Caleb. I love the spirit of Caleb. Yes. I love the motivation of Caleb. Yes. Caleb can be trusted. Yes. I, even if he doesn't understand all that I am calling him to, Caleb says, or has a spirit that says, if God said it, I'm going for it. Yeah. And, and as a result, that same spirit, Amen. that same nature that was in Caleb Amen. is the nature that brought benefit to his descendants. Amen. What do you mean, teacher? Well, I'm saying his descendants were going to inherit the land that Caleb, that Caleb spied out because Caleb because Caleb mm -hmm. followed the Lord with all of his heart. We got yeah. any whole lot of folk up in here today. Yeah. We have anybody in here today whose total motivation from the moment that you wake up until the moment you go to bed. Uh -huh. God, what do you want from me? Yeah. How can I bless you today? Yeah. How can I serve you today? Yeah. Uh, Caleb had made a connection, family. And it was called a faith connection. Yeah. Mm -hmm. God said, this is the land that I promised you. When they entered the land, they saw the goodness of the land. But they got another view also. They saw that the land was filled with giants. Yeah. Now, here's the difference between Caleb and Joshua and the other ten spies. Yeah. The other ten focused on the giants. Caleb and Joshua focused on the promise of God. Amen. That's why God said he's a God of different spirit. Yeah. Yeah. He's a man after my heart. That's yeah. what God was really saying. Anybody in here want to hear God say that about you? Amen. Amen. I know that's my goal. Every morning when I wake up, that's my goal. I want God to say that I have a different kind of spirit. But in order to have a different kind of spirit, I've got to come face to face yes, sir. with some realities. That's right. And the first reality I must come face to face with is that I have an old nature and God's trying to give me a new nature. Yes, yes. Many times we are fighting mm -hmm. to hold on to the familiar, yes. the old nature. Mm -hmm. It's the way I've always done it cannot fathom doing it any other way. And those folks that were with Caleb and Joshua were kind of in that mode. Yes. But Josh and Caleb said, if God said it, yes. Yes. I'm going to believe it, and I believe we can take the land. How many folk are hearing me? Yes. What he was saying to us, family, is that he wants us to see with new eyes, yes. hear with new ears, Think with a, a, a new mind. 
so that we can recognize that God is for us. And Paul already told us, if God be for you, he's more than the whole world against you. So what are we talking about? We're talking about being under the control of a new nature. That's what Caleb was controlled by. He had made a decision that his obedience to God was more important than the obstacle that was in front of him. I don't know about y'all, but I, I face obstacles. And, and many times the obstacles cause me to have to make decisions. Uh, am I gonna let the obstacle define my behavior? Am I gonna permit the obstacle to define my decision making? Or am I going to call Tom out even in the middle of the battle and say, Lord, I need your help right here. What is your plan in the middle of this battle? How many of us have been there? I don't know about y'all, but let me ask you this. How many of us have failed there many times? I have. But every failure brings me closer to the recognition yes. that I can only get success mm -hmm. when I call on the Lord. Yes. How many folks yes. are feeling? Yes. If you go back to Dr. Graham's quote, what he was saying was comfort, mm -hmm. having everything go your way is not what happens to build you up. He was talking about the fact that extreme adversity is the kinds of things that makes us into who God has called us to be. So I've got some really good news for you today. And that good news is this, that if you're going through hell right now, if the enemy is slapping you around right now, if you're wondering how you're gonna survive right now, you ought to be praising God. Amen. Because it is one of the most beautiful opportunities to learn how to get still so that rather than trying to run and, and, and figure it out, you can look up and say, Lord, I need your help. Yes. Amen. That's what Dr. Billy Graham was saying to us. He was saying, if you really want to change your nature, you've got to be put under the fire so that you can recognize that the nature that you've been accustomed to is not going to bring you the victory. You need a new way of thinking, a new way of seeing, and a new way of making decisions. How many folk are with me this morning? So in our text, like most of our experiences, what, what I was learning was that in order for me to move in the direction of a new nature, I've got to recognize that I've got to intensify my relationship with Almighty God. Amen. Now I'm going to slow down for a moment because I was, as I was praying about this message and the Lord did something that I wasn't initially happy about. And I want to know how y'all feel about this. As I was praying about it and, and reading through the text, the Lord brought back to my memory seasons in my life where I was a literal mess up. Where instead of digging in, I got up 
Instead of clo closing in, I pulled back. Mm. And he kept showing me the consequences of when I was letting my old nature have control yeah. over my situation. My Anybody feeling this? Yes. Yes. I don't know about y'all, but as the Lord was showing that to me, I was feeling kind of bad. And, and I, I was beginning to take on the spirit of shame. And the Lord said to me, hold it. Rich, that's not why I'm showing you this. Actually, you're growing. And I wanted to want you to see where you were compared to where you are. Because my goal is not to shame you, but to raise you. And in order for you to see what I've been doing in your life, I'm showing you where I brought you from, where you are now, so that you can believe that if I made a promise to take you there, yeah. I'm good for the promise. Yeah. Man, all of a sudden, I found myself in worship. Yeah. All of a sudden, I realized that yeah. I had more to worship about yeah. than to be ashamed of. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't happy about some of my background. Yeah. But the Lord said, you didn't stay there. You got up. You lifted up your eyes, you lifted up your hands, and you became a worshiper. Yes, Lord. Amen. Amen. Did y'all hear what I just said? Yes. The Lord was changing my what? My nature. My nature. I was a warrior. But he said, you prayed. I wanted to give up. He said, but you hung in there. I couldn't see where it was taking me. Yes. He said, you, you dug in closer. You came to the word. You prayed more. You worshiped more. You, you sought me more. So rather than trying to get lost in what you couldn't see, you got caught up in what you could see. And what you saw was that I was available to you 24-7, yes. 365 days of the year. All of a sudden, my, my nature changed. Because rather than wanting to get discouraged and dispirited, I became encouraged. Yeah. And I became aware of the fact that the more I looked unto Jesus, the more I found what I needed so that I could continue on. How many folks are on that page? This Amen. Let's, let's look at the text a little bit more. Joshua 14. Verses 8 and 9. I'm going to read them from the Living Bible. This, this ought to bless your heart. Because it sure don't bless my heart. Joshua 14. 8 and 9 from the Living Bible. But our brothers who went with us. Frightened the people. And discouraged them from entering the promised land. Remember. This is after the 12 spies had come back. And reported to Moses what they had found. And while Caleb and, and, and uh, Joshua were talking about the good that they saw in the land, the other ten were talking about the giants and saying they will eat us alive. Yeah. So he says, but our brothers who went with us frightened the people and discouraged them from entering the promised land. And then he closes verse 8 from the Living Bible. It says, but since I had followed the Lord my God, Anybody got that testimony? Been discouraged, but heard the Lord say, don't quit. 
Hold on. Follow me. And he got a word because he followed the Lord. He said, Moses told me. Now listen. Because we all need this word right now. He says, Moses told me. This is verse 9. The section of Canaan you were just in shall belong to you and your descendants forever. Oh my God. I don't know if y'all caught that. But that blessed my heart. Because even as an earthly father, even as a pastor, one of the things that you are always praying for is that what you are bringing forth is going to be a blessing not only to your immediate progeny, but for generation after generation after generation after generation. You want it to continue to bless and not curse. You heard earlier when I talked about how some families don't know how to build up and encourage one another. And they say things like, you, you're no good and uh, you, we, we don't do things like that because we've never been successful at it. And, uh, instead of encouraging, they discourage. Well, in this case, God is saying whatever you connect to is going to be a part of the generations that follow you. If you're connected to God, if you're connected by faith to his word, and you're living his word, I didn't say just preaching his word, but living his word in the presence of your family. Yes, Lord. By and by, when the morning comes, yeah. when trouble happens, you sometimes you're thinking that they're living like hellions out on the street. Uh -huh. But when trouble comes, that word begins to move in their mind and their heart and wakes them up and say, you the word begins to move in their mind and their heart. This way, I'm going to try what they did and see what the Lord in will mean. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody say, I'm feeling this. I'm feeling You're leaving a legacy for your family and for your generations. If you're quitting, if you got a quitter's nature, you're leaving a quitter's legacy. If you've got a runaway legacy, you're leaving a runaway legacy. If you've got a I'm going to see what the end will be because the Lord gave me a promise. That's yeah. the legacy that you want to leave for your family. Yeah. I don't know if I'm making sense to anybody, but when, when, when Caleb was speaking in Joshua 14, he said, but since I have followed the Lord my God, Moses told me the section of Canaan that you were just in shall belong to you and your descendants forever. Forever, y'all. Forever, y'all. Forever, y'all. I don't know if you're catching this. They're going to be what you are, and it's going to continue on forever and ever and ever. If you're giving them a curse, it takes the Spirit of God to break it. But if you're giving them a blessing, it takes staying connected to God and the blessing will multiply. Amen. Somebody Amen. got caught that. Amen. Listen to Joshua 14, 14 from the New Living. This is the proof of what Joshua just said. 
Joshua 14, 14. Hebron still belongs. Did y'all catch that? Yeah. Hebron still belongs. Well, in case you missed last week's message, Hebron is the territory that the Lord had promised to Caleb because he had brought back a faithful report. Yeah. All right? Mm -hmm. And in Joshua 14 and 14, he said, Hebron still belongs to the descendants of Caleb, mm -hmm. son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, because he wholeheartedly followed the Lord. Amen. Well, last week we talked about being wholehearted. What, what is wholehearted? Every now and then we, we get confronted with stuff. Mm -hmm. But we still believe God. Yeah. That's right. We don't quit. Right. We don't back up. Right. We trust in. And we have an attitude that says, if God said it, that's enough for me. Amen. And you've heard people say this. If God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. That absolutely is not true. If God said it, that settles it. Whether you believe it or not. But he believed it and wholeheartedly followed God. And Joshua 14 says, because he wholeheartedly followed God, it's still his. His children's 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 children. And many more generations later are still occupying the land of heaven today because of one man's faith. He had a nature that would not let him quit despite the adversity. Mm -hmm. Am I making sense to everybody? Yes, look, at, look at your neighbor and, and say this to your neighbor. Neighbor, neighbor it's about your will. It's about your will. Say it again. Neighbor, neighbor it's, about your will. it's about your will. How thirsty, How thirsty for are you, are you for what God wants for you? Because that's what made that brother keep on going. <coughs> His will was whatever God said, that's it. And that's what I'm going to do. And that's the way we've got to be. That's how we get a changed nature. John 7 gives us a view of, of how this happens when, when your nature becomes thirsty for God. When your nature says, I've got to have what God said for my life, and I will not be satisfied until I've done it. Listen to John 7, 37. It says, Now on the final and most important day of the feast, Jesus stood. That means he took his ground, y'all. He stood his ground. And he cried in a loud voice, If any man is thirsty, let him come, let him come to me and drink. I want to suggest to you this morning, family, that Caleb was really, really really thirsty. They had been wandering in the wilderness for over 40 years. Why? Because the people believed the report of the 10 that said the giants were in the land. But Caleb never ever lost sight of the promise that God had made him. God has made everyone in here some promises. And what I want to encourage you to do is reconnect with the promise that God has made to you. I, I know you might have heard some negativity. Forget the negativity. Connect back with God's promise to you. Yes. What did he say? 
Make that the focus of your life. Yeah. Because no matter what, you're going to go around and around and around. Many times you're going to face adversity like Dr. Uh, uh, was talking about earlier. But the adversity is only there to make you better. Caleb never lost sight of the promise. And so while they were going around and around and around, he was remembering, but while we're out here, God told me that's my land in Everett. He's hanging out with folks who are talking negative, living negative, turning their back on God. Amen. Folk had even claimed, why am I out here when I could go back to Egypt and be a slave, but at least I would have some food to eat. Oh, God, I, I know plenty of folks who have that attitude right now. You look at them on the outside, and they got it going on. But you look at them on the inside, and they are slaves to the stuff that... Somebody say, I've been there. This brother was thirsty. And his thirst kept his focus on the promise of God. Yeah, he was in the wilderness. Yes, he was around negativity, but he did not buy that. What he bought was, where your feet have been, Caleb, will be your land. And it will be the land of your children and your children's children. Thank you, Lord. As I'm standing here, Pastor Joe, the Holy Spirit said to me that there's a few folk in the house who cannot honestly say that they've heard the promise of God. And so they're in some struggles right now because they haven't heard the promise of God. But I promised you all, 2019 is gonna be about learning to live in the promise of God. We're gonna spend this year focusing on the promise of God because if you don't know where you're going, you're not gonna like where you end up. So if you're sitting here right now, and that promise is not clear in your mind, hang on in there, baby, because we are going to be focused. We're going to be laser focused on discovering the promise because it is when you have the promise that you get like Jacob, and no matter how long you wander in the wilderness, you're still looking back to where God told you you're supposed to be, and every step you take in the wilderness your mind and heart is still focused on possessing the promise. Yeah. Amen. Amen. God made a promise. Yeah. John 38, 738. Mm -hmm. He who believes in me, and from the Amplified it says, that means who cleaves to mm -hmm. and trusts in mm -hmm. and relies on me, as the scripture has said, mm -hmm. from his innermost being shall flow continuously mm -hmm. springs and rivers mm -hmm. of living water. Amen. Amen. Listen, when you believe on him, when you cling to him with everything you've got, mm -hmm. yes. no matter what you're faced with, what comes out of your mouth mm -hmm. is the promise that God made to you. Yes. It, it's rivers of living water. It's life. It's God life. You speak life into the situation. Yeah. What, what you are saying it is activating the atmosphere mm -hmm. so that the promise of God will find its way back to you. 
so that you can begin living in the promise that God has made to you. He says, if you believe in me, clean and trust in me, rely wholeheartedly upon me, as the scripture has said, from your innermost being shall flow, not occasionally, but continuously, springs and rivers of living water. Well, why are you saying that, preacher? I'm saying that because Caleb was 40 years in the wilderness. He heard the promise 40 years before, but he's going through hell in the wilderness. Even when God gave them special food, the people complained about it. Remember when they were hungry and God gave them manna from on high? And they got tired of the manna. It doesn't get better than what God gives you. But they complained. Because their nature was of the earth instead of of God. Their nature was, I need to be satisfied here. Even though God is trying to satisfy me here. The more God did for them, the more dissatisfied. Because their nature was of the earth. They they had a, a nature like the nations around them. They had a nature like us when we hang out with folk who don't have a desire or a motivation for God. God, God, God. Somebody say I'm feeling that. So for 40 years, he was wandering in the wilderness. But, everybody say but. but. While he was wandering in the wilderness, his spirit man was still clinging and relying upon God to deliver him to the promised land. I'm trying to encourage somebody You're going through it. But God has made a promise. Your end is not where you are. Your end is if you stick with God, he'll take you back to that land that you once got to walk through. The land that had fruit that was so amazing. Look, when they walked through that land, they saw green grass, grass that was so fertile. They saw pollinating uh, a greenery and shrubbery. That, that meant that whatever it was producing today, it would continue to produce because it was pollinating. They saw that there was fresh water all through the land. Everything that was going to be needed for them to prosper and have long life. Amen. was available in the land. So Caleb could not be satisfied in the wilderness. His focus was always on the promise. Yeah. 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 Wow, well, God called it a land that was flowing with milk and honey. Yeah. Listen, Deuteronomy 11, verses 10 to 12, and Deuteronomy 31, verse 20. Uh, just make a note of that, because... I don't have enough time to read all of it. But when they had spied the land, all 12 of the spies gave the same report of what they saw to Moses. They did say the land is flowing with milk and honey. They had reported that Canaan was a land of amazing agricultural productivity. Abundant food, everything that they needed. I want you to think about this for a moment. 
If that's what God has promised you and is right before you, why do we sometimes respond like these Israelites did? In other words, it's there. But there are giants in the land. And rather than take on the giant because God promised you that it was going to be your land, we turn around and leave. 